Hello there and welcome to the 14th Commercial Awareness with Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson. I write the Watson's Daily Newsletter, which helps readers to understand, remember what's going on in the business and financial news. I use the experience I've gained in over 20 years of being a stockbroker, headhunter and career transition coach to help you improve your commercial awareness. In this episode, I look back at some of the key stories from the financial markets and business news from the week commencing Monday the 20th of June. And now, it's time for the incredibly loud music. It was interesting to note this week that the gap between the tech-heavy Nasdaq and the Dow Jones and S&P 500 is the biggest it's been since 1983. Now, although other old-school stocks have done well, it's really been big tech that has dragged everything up. Did you know that Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet and Facebook make up 40, that's 40%, of the Nasdaq and 20% of the S&P? All I'm saying is that the big outperformance of a small number of stocks is really skewing the overall indexes. So whenever you think that the markets have turned a corner, have a closer look as to which companies have been the main drivers. If it's just big tech, then I think that rallies may uh, be more volatile. But if it's broader based, then that is a better sign uh, in terms of where the economy is going. Then there were some other interesting developments this week in trading and M&A regulation. First of all, Japan announced that it was going to hammer out a trade deal with the UK by the end of this year, which is impressive because these things normally take years, not months, to decide. Secondly, the government announced new measures to protect key businesses from foreign buyers. This sounds great in theory, but the problem will be that this will restrict sources of outside investment for these companies and may even end, end up making them victims of their own success. These measures are not just aimed at Chinese or the oil state sovereign wealth funds. Our American friends, for instance, sniff around at our companies on a regular basis as well. Um, other than that, we've got um, lockdown easing is leading to countries talking about travel corridors and travel bubbles where the countries concerned agree not to impose quarantine to either end. It's happening with European countries as well as Asian ones and will probably lead, in the short term at least, to increased travel within regions. The UK is currently looking into this as well. Despite this, the air travel industry continues to suffer, with Qantas announcing 6,000 job cuts and the grounding of 100 planes, and British Airways um, was announcing wage cuts of up to 20% for some cabin crew, while EasyJet raised £450 million to keep the party going by in issuing new shares. So no one has a clue as to when things are going to normalise, so it's not a given that EasyJet won't have to attempt further financings. Following on from what I said last week, Wirecard filed for insolvency and it looks very much like the German financial regulator and EY, the company's long-time accountant, are going to face huge amounts of scrutiny and criticism for failing to spot such massive discrepancies. I do wonder whether Wirecard will be to EY what Enron was to Arthur Anderson 20 years ago. 
Anyway, there, uh, there was also a real shocker when Brazil's central bank decided to suspend Facebook's WhatsApp pay service that had only been introduced days before. Apparently, other banks had complained about it and the central bank obviously buckled. It says at the moment that the service has been suspended rather than cancelled, but it'll be interesting to see whether it can continue. I think this just goes to show how seriously banks take the threat of Facebook muscling in on their business. Banks in other countries will no doubt be watching this very closely and may well add this kind of thing to their anti-Facebook playbook. So UK shoppers have been making a gradual return to the high streets and pubs and restaurants are among those pushing for a cut in VAT to 5% to help them uh, and to encourage customers to spend. JD Sports let Go Outdoors fall into administration earlier in the week, but then bought it back out again a short uh, while afterwards. Now, I wondered why this was the case, and it just seems to me that in this case, the process cuts debt down a bit, and it gives the company license to make more cuts in terms of jobs and other areas. I must admit, I'm not an expert in this area, so I will try to find out what the official benefits are of going through this process. Elsewhere on the high street, though, retailers continue to refuse to pay their rent to the extent that only 14% of rent due was paid for the quarter. This is probably the straw that broke the camel's back for retail landlord Into, which entered into administration at the end of the week. It had built up huge debts already and had failed to reach an agreement with lenders to sort its finances out this time round. Into is the UK's biggest shopping centre owner and owns, among other things, um, Lakeside in Essex and the Trafford Centre in Manchester. We've already talked a bit about the disasters in retail property, but there was some news out this week about residential property. Zoopla, the online estate agent, estimated that residential property prices will rise in the short term as pent-up demand during lockdown works its way through. But then there will be another slowdown as more people are expected to become increasingly uncertain about their household finances and job prospects. For now, though, there will be demand from people who want more or bigger rooms to work from home, those who want gardens and those who may want to do this by moving away from expensive city centres to places in the suburbs. I think, however, that the 15% minimum deposit required now by some lenders will make life difficult, particularly for first-time buyers. Talking of people potentially working from home on a more permanent basis it seems that some commercial real estate agents are stealing themselves for a shift in demand for office space. A combination of more employees working from home and potential social distancing measures is likely to mean that companies won't be wanting more space in the near future. It's difficult to know what this will mean on an ongoing basis, but for now, things are expected to be difficult in the current commercial property market. Well, that's all for this edition of the Watson's Daily Podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you like what you hear, please leave me a nice recommendation. It makes a real difference and helps me continue to help you.
Also, if you want more information on a daily basis, please subscribe to Watson's Daily. You'll get my daily blog for free, but if you really want to learn how to use this stuff in your job, studies or business, please think about signing up for a paid subscription that is only £2.99 per month. You'll get access via my website and a brand new app to a whole load of additional material for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Anyway, see you next time. Watton out. Here comes the incredibly loud outro music.